Mike Adele is a very talented singer, songwriter, producer from Canada, and full disclosure, a dear friend of mine. He's also, which is a gift to me, a client. He's someone I've had the privilege of coaching over the last couple of years. And as I am with many of my clients, I'm really proud of the work they do, the work they've done, and the way they have over the course of the last year and a half to two years navigated the COVID-19 pandemic. It's been a tough time to be an artist. In the early spring of 2001, Mike was touring down the West Coast in a van with his wife. And they popped in here, actually into my neighborhood, hung out with my kids, and we had a great afternoon. And we recorded this conversation that was about navigating COVID as an artist, that was about navigating life uh, you know, post-marriage as an artist. And because Elizabeth was just then pregnant about navigating life as an artist, with a child in tow and in coming and all of the complications and difficulties and opportunities that come with all those things. Then, a few weeks after that conversation, on that tour, Mike suffered a stroke. Now, as would be the case for any professional, having a stroke changes the trajectory of your life, especially depending on the severity of the stroke. It reorients the way you talk between your brain and your body, and specifically as a guitar player, as a performer, as a singer, Mike had to learn to walk again, much less learn to play the guitar again. That stroke not only ended that tour, it threatened to end his career. Now, there's a part two to this. You're going to listen to that conversation right now that we had before that stroke happened and the dreams and the drive, the things that make me a fan of Mike Adele and his music. And then you have the opportunity to check out part two of this story of Mike's, not in this podcast, but in the documentary film that Mike is releasing called Casseroles and Flowers, about being on the road, about all of those things that we had talked about during that conversation, and then about not just navigating, but renegotiating a life after a stroke as a professional artist. It's a beautiful film. He's a beautiful musician. I hope you enjoyed this conversation, and I really hope you check out that documentary film. Where are you from? Bellingham, Washington. Born and raised? Yeah. And you're still kind of within, like, Yeah, Seattle, Seattle's an hour and a half away, so, yeah. Pretty Do you much. like being away from home? Do you like home? I like Bellingham is be, be, Bellingham. Bellingham. Oh snap! <laughs> I just coined a thing. Someone owes me money. That's totally it. Uh, Bellingham feels like home. Is home? Yeah, the Northwest feels. In like general. Home. Yeah. It's such a weird thing among, because it's a little bit like Texas in that way. Like uh-huh. people who are from like Portland, Seattle, yeah, in the Northwest, identify home in the same way that people from Texas. To some degree, with the exception of maybe Dallas. Uh-huh. But like people who are like from Texas are from Texas, uh-huh. regardless of where from Texas. So, oh, like the Northwest. The Northwest is yeah. like a location. Yeah. It's like a whole thing. Where are you from? Oh, I'm true. from the Northwest. And there's true. like this thing. Portland has a little bit of a thing. Seattle's like not really. Like n- rarely does someone like, I'm like Seattle, Seattle. Yeah. But like the Northwest is like yeah. a place. Well, I would say that like I have a hard time saying I'm from Seattle, even though that's where I lived the last 10 years. Because I grew up in Bellingham, huh. and I have, it's like, I don't know. I don't know why that is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Alyssa is exactly what you're talking about, though. She is a resident of, <laughs> of the, the Northwest. Northwest. <laughs> yeah. So she's trying to say, like, and because she even, we have lived for, for four, well, you've lived for 10 years in, like, Seattle proper. Yes. This ain't no Linwood. This ain't no Bellevue. This ain't no Tacoma. <laughs> so you've lived in Seattle for 10 years, and you're yeah. still saying, I'm from the Northwest. <laughs> yep, and you're not, though. You're from... Uh, I I am a resident of. We'll go a little further. Go. I'm a resident of Cascadia. Oh. Cascadia. Yeah, you just include that. Is that it's it, a fictional place. This is a. But this is <laughs> Cascadia is without question fictional. But this <laughs> is. Um, there's no way there's an actual town called Cascadia. No, but this is the. It's the Northwest, <laughs> but but bigger. You just include some British Columbia, and include some Vancouver Island. Oh, wait, wait. It's a region of Canada. Like, it's like if you take the Northwest, but include BC and um, Victoria, and then you have kind of this region, but it's a little, but it's like a little bigger. It's how Seattle, it's Portland, named after and, the Cascades. Yes, which I've been to and in. Yes, fascinating. <laughs> yes. Do you still think of like when you when I say the word home, do you think Bellingham, um, or do you actually just think of the region like? I probably, I mean, that's interesting to ask at this point in time because yes, ma'am. our home is, we're currently in our home. We're in a van. Yeah. And that's where you live. Yeah. This is home. And so I feel like home right now feels a little ambiguous. As a concept. Yeah. In some ways. But I do think of, because we are going to Bellingham after this, I guess I do think of that as home. Okay. And I don't. Bellingham is not home for you. No. Um, Does this feel... Because you left how long ago? A week ago. Yeah. We've only been on the road for about a week from Seattle. You've been touring, though, for 14, 15 years? Yes. I'd say like 15 years. This feels very normal to me. This feels more like home. I'm going to take a guess at something. This feels more like home than the city of Bellingham. Than Bellingham. Yeah, Bellingham is a... <laughs> She's laughing. She just looks straight up. We have a... There's a... Um, we're digging to the core of our relationship right here. Um, Alyssa kind of wants to live in Bellingham. And I, like, vocally say, like, I don't want to live in Bellingham. <laughs> um, but actually, I will... If Alyssa wants to move to Bellingham, I will do it. Because I care more about what I am doing with my time than yes. about the locale of of where that time takes place. Which, like, I'm isn't totally that the, like, the odd nature of like how how the road becomes home for someone, right? Yeah. Is it actually has to do with like what's happening and your function and like your role and the power you exert yeah. on the road. It's not like the place. It's not like, ah, I love Highway 80. No one yep. loves Highway 80. It's, but what you love about Highway 80 is that it gets you so quickly to places where you get to like be something and do something. Yep. Yeah. 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 So this feels more like home to you. This feels good. This feels good. Yeah. It feels like. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've, I've, I've sort of just like, mm, I feel like I've had a lot of homes. Huh. L- like even like, oh, where, I don't know. It's just like a bit of a, yeah, it's a bit of a confusing. Concept. Concept a little bit because I do. 
I don't know. Maybe it is that, that I just kind of like care more about what I'm doing. Like I love where I grew, I grew up in the same house on the same farm for 18 years of my life. And I actually love that place. Yes. I love going back there. I'm like, Oh, this is great. Um, I spent seven years on Vancouver Island in Victoria. I love that place. I'm like, Oh, I would love to move back sometime. Seattle I actually love some parts of Seattle. I loved our house. We lived the same house four years in Seattle. We just moved out. And I was like, Oh man, like I don't want to move out of this house. I like <laughs> love this little place. <laughs> yes. Um, and I really did. Um, but I, I don't like know if I'll ever go back to like any of those places. And I think I left most of them being really positive about them. The very first song I ever heard you play was a song about where you come from. That's true. Um, if you're, if you're not a liar, if not, if I'm not a liar. The ver- the if very you're song- not a liar, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so, but like not everyone writes a song about like their hometown or their location. Some people do. Yeah. But there was like an identification for you about like, this is where you come from. You have a rootedness there. You've been in, you know, in the States off and on. Do you still feel like a Canadian? I definitely feel like a Canadian. What's the difference at this point? We're getting into this. (laughs) Post post pandemic. A lot of your career is down here in this, in the, the lower 48. Um, Like what difference to you does it make? to be a Canadian like does it matter does it like you carry it with you let me answer this question this way please um I talked to a friend in Vancouver BC former roommate yes current nurse his name's Devin Landis his dad owns a John Deere tractor dealership um and what were we saying to him (laughs) it's very Iowa yeah we were it's very Iowa but he's Canadian (laughs) yeah he's Albertan and he we were FaceTiming him and we're talking about like you know the COVID conversations or whatever and he just said, yeah, he said, Americans, they're just, they're really good at freedom and they're really good at like knowing what their freedoms are and really good at exercising their freedoms. <laughs> and we were kind of talking about greater like public health. We were saying like, oh, Canadians, they're like, oh yeah, in the name of public health, like let's all do the same thing. And mind you, there's only 35 million of them. So it's, it's, As it's way easier. 400 million. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. But I liked his way of saying that Americans are good at knowing and exercising their freedoms. Yeah. That was his polite way. Do you feel a difference? Like when you're here, do you does that does that tension culturally? Because it's one thing to think yeah. about like philosophically, the exercising of freedom versus like a collective interest. That's philosophical. Do you feel that when you're here? Definitely. I really? De- yeah, I, de- I definitely do. Like, do you feel like you have the right to do? As a joke, and- <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> How do you experience that? Um, well, I think this era is like a pretty good example Go like, for it. of that. I just think when I explained to someone this way as well, like, you know, when there's a, you know, you know, COVID or pandemic lockdown, they're like, oh, you may not see your family for Christmas. Don't see your family for Christmas. Um, one family in household only. Whereas right. I feel like in the United States, I'm like, oh, 80% of people are like going to see their family. Anyhow, and 20% are like, okay, like. I'll listen to this. And they're all in the Northwest, by the way, those people <laughs> and San Francisco city only real. Um, but then in Canada, it's like the same verbiage. It's like, it's Christmas only don't hang out with your family inside house. But in Canada, instead of an 80, 20 split, it's like a dead 50, 50 split. Whereas 50 of them are like, whatever, we're gonna do it anyhow. And the other 50 are like, Oh, in the name of the, um, uh, prime minister, uh, Justin Trudeau and the premier of our province, they're like, we're going to listen to them in the name of public health. Um, so we can, so we can treat um, society as a whole in a kind, kind way. Huh. In the name of public health, it just feels like 
the ratio is different. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes cultural difference, which makes like interpersonal yeah, difference. Yeah. It definitely, like it definitely, there's definitely a more of like an us feeling, right? The United States of America was founded on independence and, and liberty and freedom. Yeah. Whereas like, look, just, yeah, read, read the history book and Canada, like the Canadians were the ones that were loyal to Britain and they were the ones that were like, oh, we don't need freedom and independence. We just kind of need to be up here, over here this way. <laughs> like, kind of doing our own thing, but we'll, like... We'd we'd love to nod to the queen the odd time. It's just the foundation of the nation was not, like... And I think that I think that manifests, um, you know, in the pandemic era or these days, mm. that um, people are not... You know, they won't dig their heels in about, you know, about certain issues. They'll just kind of, like... I think kind of, you know, toe the party line of the big Canadian family a little bit more. So you're week one into like a summer-ish long adventure. I think it's actually a 15-week adventure. So so that equals summer long-ish, yes. Summer long-ish. Yeah. Between seasons. Yeah. Uh, Being in a van that has become home traveling playing shows uh like it's a thing people talk about doing right people are like yeah we're gonna i'm gonna sell everything we own we're gonna buy a buy a thing we're gonna travel and do the thing does this feel real yet or does it still feel, does it feel more like a dream talk about 2016 well, yeah well that's a yeah mike and i when we were dating in 2015 yes um, had this conversation of like, oh, we should buy a van and like do a summer tour of 2016. It'll be van life 2016. And like you'll play shows. And then I was, I was a barista at the time in grad school also. And I was like, I'll make coffees and just like sling them out of the van. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had this, we actually did have this like dream, you know, however many years ago that is now. Like there's a there's a Pinterest board to prove it and stuff like that. Yes. And so then huh. but then as we got married and, you know, you just kinda get doing what you're doing. Um, we I think it was last actually I don't know, in the last like two years we started we just still had this like still had that kind of dream. So in um, the first week of the pandemic, we were looking for like vans. Um, and we almost bought a van in Bend, Washington, like on like March the seventeenth. Or sorry, Bend, wa- Bend, Oregon. Oregon. <laughs> See, yeah. it's, See? No, it's somewhere in the northwest. Some, ben, it's a town in the northwest on some water. Um, so we found this van in Bend, Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> we almost bought this van. We didn't get it. We didn't. We actually this guy sold it to someone else. It was like a great deal, and it was like very similar to the van that we have now. Yeah. Um, we didn't get it. And we're like, oh, shoot. So, like, we'll kind of put this on hold for a bit. But then fast forward to, like, you know, now Alyssa being pregnant and, you know, putting out a record. Like, put it on my record on mass came out in November 2020. Did not play any live shows around that or anything. Yep. We sort of, it sort of felt like, oh, the time, the time is probably now or the time is either kind of never or like way later or something. Hmm. So I actually was in Canada over Christmas doing some like production projects. And then I got back February the 4th and I looked at Alyssa in the eye and I was like, Alyssa, (laughs) I was like, are we going to do this? And she nodded at me and then winked at me. And that was the cue to get really aggressive about looking for vans and making this thing really happen. 
and I like I feel so good about it that it was kind of one of our dreams and Alyssa Alyssa was always keen on like living out of a van for a time she like loves it um and I just think it's like so great that we kind of had this dream and we just kind of made it a reality in the way we can right now so I grew up on like Journey and Kiss and all and all these bands who have songs about like dude on the road Uh girl at home and like this whole like tension of like road life versus like relationship and it becomes to some degree a narrative that then it plays itself out and whether like who knows whether like art and reality who knows at some point yeah but then I'll talk to folks and there's always this tension this is not that tension mm-hmm. this is like partnership partnership yeah um, it was a dream that was in you mm-hmm. as well to like travel and like yeah. be a barista and now you're traveling and being a therapist, a, a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like but it was a dream that was in you that you actually share mm-hmm. with Mike as yeah. opposed to like it's some crap Mike really needs to do and if I want to yeah. be in a relationship with Mike I have to deal exactly really yeah. Yeah, like, I think even before I met Mike, yeah, at some point I wanted to have a van and, like, be able to travel or just live a little alternatively. And Alternatively. Mike, alternatively. Yeah. And Mike's, Mike's like, a real activator. I don't know if you know this. I do. <laughs> and I'm, like, nice. the dream. I'm, like, a dreamer. And so it's really fun to be able to kind of combine our you know the both of us together to like make something happen yes yeah it feels really good and it does feel surreal to answer your first question yeah i would imagine at least for a minute like for a minute at least it's like yeah this is really actually happening happening Mm -hmm. it's like roller coaster life where like uh i'm really i'm gonna take this big dip and this actually is like a big loop-de-loop yeah and then it's over and you're like oh i really did that yeah totally i definitely had um a big cry last night just like about what I think just the I mean to name roller coaster I feel like there's like a lot of emotions too that goes with like leaving a home yes and entering into like a really unknown unfamiliar territory and and sort of feeling both like yes I'm doing this thing that I've dreamed of and also like what the heck am I doing you know like so I just had a big nice cry about it Yes, because you're not just on the road. Yeah. You're pregnant on the road. Yeah. Which is like, yeah. what was the story you told about friends who got on the bus and the very first question asked was like, where's the bathroom? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not It's not like, the first, when Amy and I started traveling together, we, like, our first tour was, we did 48 shows in 55, in 55 days with a punk rock band. Oh my gosh. And we, and we were in a bus that, that was like a converted school bus. Mm-hmm. And there was no bathroom on the bus there was everyone got a bottle and if you needed to pee you peed in the bottle and then there was like a place in the back to keep your piss bottle <laughs> like that was the tour and amy was like oh my god what yeah, am that, i doing and she wasn't pregnant at the time that was our our maiden voyage in the band it worked or in the in the van our maiden voyage in the van yes. two weeks ago that's how it went um it bottles yeah it was bottles but now we have graduated <laughs> yeah now th- it's not very sustainable for me. Yeah. I don't want to, that's, that is a conversation. I think when you live in a van, you can get really, you, we could go down this rabbit hole. Um, by all means, but uh, I, got space. I don't totally think so, <laughs> no, but I ma'am. do, 
I really liked when uh, some of our friends would come over and look at the van. I sort of tried to judge, like, how fast were they going to ask about the bathroom. And I just give total kudos to our friend Kaylee, who, she as she stepped into the van, she started to turn around and look at me. And she just said, where is the bathroom. Like it wasn't even a question. It was a challenge. Yeah. It w- and it was within the first 10 seconds. And usually people get excited <laughs> first and they're like, oh, great. And like, you know, they maybe sit on the little couch with a clipboard and a pencil or something. Yes. Like my son. Um, like your son is behind you, which I love. Um, and they maybe ask about the bathroom like 45 seconds in. But kudos to Kaylee. She asked um, in the first 10 seconds. Yeah. When did you guys get married? We got married four years ago on yeah. Easter Sunday. And in the course of not just a relationship, but like career wise, you talk about you being an activator. Mm. You've been professionally making art for 15 going on 16 years. It'll be 16 years next summer. Your first record dropped when? That's, that's pretty accurate. Um, that whole, like one of the things that I run into with like younger folks who are like, I want to, I want to make art is this like the the tension between our tension, like the weird dream of like, I have an idea and then like, I want to make money. Mm. Can you talk about like a thing like this, which seems that like, like all the logistics, the planning, etc., does like, this is fun to some degree now, but like is you talk about the relation between like having an idea like this and then the, the actual logistics and work that goes into doing this and then the execution like is it fun is it inspiring is it feel like a job talk about like being an activator in an art world because that's what makes a career right it's not like you can have a great idea you can be great at it but you can also not pull it off because you don't activate yeah i i really enjoy activating um this i think like this era is very like it's um it's very different than any other one like there's a part of this you know, we are doing a backyard fan tour and part of it is like, um, you know, we're probably only like doing like two or three like shows a week, which for like, you know, three years ago when I was releasing, you know, thresholds or something, like I would never do like two or three shows in a week. It was no, like do like 35 six. shows in yeah, yes. like 40 days or 45 days. And mind you, that's with the band and you're, you're kind of doing a different thing. Um, so this is, I think it's a, it's a little more of like a concept it feels like than a uh, than tour is one thing, right? Wait, what was your what was your kind the of idea? Being like, like the work, the, the actual work that goes yeah. the logistical activation work that goes into making a career in art versus yeah. just having an idea and hoping the idea is good enough. Like, does it do you does it become a slog at some point? Do, do you like kill the inspiration because you're constantly activating? Like, talk about the relationship between having mm-hmm. ideas and then executing and feeling connected to your own work. Yeah. I, I think I really like working. Um, so I don't get, you know, there are certain things where you're like, Oh, when you're, when you're booking shows that you know, you're going to lose $250 on yes, or something that yeah. like, you know, that becomes a slog. I am, or something. I, I am in fact familiar with that. Concept. Yeah. <laughs> say like that becomes a slog or something, but even like, say, say that's a, sl- say that's a slog. I'm like, sure. what, what I couldn't do next actually is like, um, record a record and be like, here's the new record and put it out and tour it. It feels like I, there's no way I could do that because I just released my fourth full length record. Yeah. Um, so I think in my mind, I'm like, oh, I need to sort of do something a little bit different, like maybe a better idea and activate that. So even with say like moving to a van and playing backyard shows, 
um, I'm not booking shows that it's like, oh, I'm going to lose $250 on this. Yes. It's actually like right off the bat, I'm like, oh, I'm actually, I'm probably like making more money doing less um, by just being like, oh, this is a backyard van tour and my pregnant wife, Alyssa, and I are doing this thing. Yeah. Because people are like, oh, that's, that's maybe, I think maybe that's more interesting yes. than being like, oh, the new record's out and here's, we'll come play it for you in the same way as we did on the last three or something like that. So, like, um, like inspiration and creativity moves from just like the like the beginning. Uh, it's not like it doesn't just go into the artifact, and then yeah. there's all the machinery that goes around it. It actually moves into the actual machinery. So, if you want to execute uh, a tour, the creativity then bleeds into how you execute. The yeah, tour. the idea is like the idea is so important. If I can get excited by like the idea, I'm so motivated you know, to activate. And for me, it's really easy actually to get into the idea. Or for instance, like there's a new idea, which I'm almost not comfortable talking about because it's like in its inception stage of, of, of film, like documenting. So I, I just call it, Oh, like I've started to document, you know, document our travels or whatever. Yes. But really my like, and Justin McRoberts, you know this, but really my grand idea would be to, would, would be to not just like, Oh, I'm just going to like film, I'm just going to like document our travels. It would be to like shoot a documentary based around, you know, with a, um, with a hashtag van life and a kind of rock and roll background as the landscape, yeah. but focus on Alyssa, um, you know, Alyssa and I, but more on Alyssa being pregnant, living out of a van Yes, and just like more about Alyssa and change and, you know, being a therapist and like things that you're an expert at, like, you know, like body issues or something and just things that you know professionally as like kind of a therapist or whatever and going like entering into motherhood or parenthood or things like that. And so my like, I'm really motivated by this idea because I need to A, learn a lot and it's something hmm. that's a little bit new. Um, and so I'm, I'm just like, that's kind of the new idea on the horizon that really intersects with everything. Yes. Because it intersects with like, oh, the next the next album then would be a score for this film. Yes. Like easily. And like, Oh, we can start working on it right now. That's amazing. Oh, and we go to Nashville and like write with, you know, my friends, Ethan and Ryan, I can like write towards that already. And yeah. everything, like I think when the idea, you know, people say like content is King or like the idea is really like King when you have like the good idea, everything, you know, and the good idea that's like 16 months or 24 months in the future. Yes. And you kind of filter down. Everything makes like so much sense. I think for me as like a creative person, but also an activator, when that idea kind of comes into focus, yes. everything else sort of like the whole like sort of tree illuminates yep. and you see like, oh, I need to like hear all the things that need to kind of be done. To yeah. Like and see, part of what I mean is like, like happen. part of what's significant for me is for you when you talk about what, what a good idea is, because you're, because what's inspiring to you has to do with execution part of what makes a good idea a good idea is not just that like that feels good and is neat but like it's doable it's it's uh it's like um it uh it's measurable like there are ways that you can look at it and be like yeah i can pull this off and it would be fun to do as opposed to like, it's just fun to think about which is where yeah. like so many younger inexperienced artists kind of fall off the map where just a, it's an inspiring enough cool enough idea in concept mm. but like the doability of it isn't inspiring because it just feels like work yeah so they never actually pull it off yeah and like the i i found recently like kind of working with 
like developing artists or younger artists i find a lot of times like the vision is not totally there and they're like oh like say in say in a music context yeah you know artists might just be like oh it's like it's all about singles right it's all about singles in 2021 um and they're like i'm just gonna do this one single and they spend like a year doing one single maybe yep um but the reality is is you need a bigger you kind of need a bigger plan than that because like oh like you should really be doing like single single ep or something and you got to plan out your next what are you going to do next year or something like that yeah and yeah i just think like you do need yeah you need i don't know you need vision and activation so before leaving on the road what were there non-negotiables for you in terms of like this is what i need to know mm. in order to go were there mm-hmm. things for you it was like yeah. again like you're more the dreamer yeah but you're also the pregnant one yeah so were there things for you that like i need to know this i need to know this and i need to know this like yeah. what were your non-negotiable before like leaving on the um, road in the van it's a good question i agree i think that for me actually a big piece was like how am i going to work on the road okay because i feel yeah just like financially like wanting to have an income still yes totally <laughs> and um it's a little bit yeah, it feels, I mean, it's helpful that we've been in this last year of telehealth, you know, so I do um, virtual sessions with people and that's become really normal. So I feel like that's added a level of like, okay, like flexibility to be yeah. able to do something like this. Um, whereas if I was just seeing clients in person and then all of a sudden was like, I'm going to go live in a van and, you know, call you or have a massive shift. Yeah, it would be that wouldn't really feel that great. Did you maintain like you maintain your client base mm-hmm. then like you just shifted over? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. I kind of I kind of reduced a little bit just to be able to have some more more space. Um, but then and so that was one just feeling like I had to get a 5G phone. <laughs> <laughs> Huge smile, <laughs> which I had to learn about. Um, and then also, did you have like a flip phone before? Like, what yeah, was it? exactly. <laughs> wait, wait. What did you? Did you? There was like I, a thing. I had here? a iPhone four. You had a razor. I you had, had one of those old Motorola's. Okay. Oh, a success that she got from her friend down the street. <laughs> <laughs> You're not like a tech savvy, no. like super. Like I had to have Mike come with me into the Verizon store and negotiate all like, of it and be like, no, we don't want that fifty dollars screen protector. No, we don't this. Yes, we want that. It was fun. Okay. I had no idea what the person was talking about. So you're doing sessions on your phone? Yeah. Yeah, actually. It's pretty cool. You're a therapist meeting people in a van. Mm-hmm. Uh, that by itself is a great sentence. I'll just point out. Yes. You're a therapist meeting people. You're on your phone yeah. having sessions yep. from anywhere in the United States, and all your clients are in Canada. They're in Washington. Washington is well. No, sorry, you guys. The you North, need to edit North. that out. Uh, all her clients are in the Northwest. <laughs> the Northwest. Yes. Um, yeah. What a yeah. crazy moment, right? Like also, career, career life-wise, that like this is actual life. Yeah, is on a phone meeting with clients, yeah. and it's not like consultation. We've got a pro- this is like therapy. Yeah, here's my life. Yeah, like on a platter kind of stuff, like yeah. human transformation stuff. Yeah, that's a little bonkers. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So, but it's kind of it's like what this day and age enables you know yes like i would also say that for Alyssa is a very analog human being and so like i think there's an aspect of it that oh it is convenient it works but there, there's like an aspect that you're like oh this is you don't really want to like look at people on a screen and do that you fundamentally don't really actually believe 
that that's like the best way, but it's sort of just reality right now. And it's, we're just kind of maybe making lemonade out of reality. Yeah. Yeah. Making lemonade out of reality. (laughs) That's really good. So that that's what our that's what our tour should be called instead of backyard Vane making tour. lemonade out of reality making lemonade out of reality 2021 <laughs> I like it I like it that's very good yeah. and you're traveling in the lemon yeah yeah actually but we just named our van last week and our van's name is uh, Hopper Hop for short Jim because? Hopper from oh uh, from the, from Stranger Things Stranger yeah. Things yeah beautiful yeah. Um, but I wanted to say another thing that I yeah please like needed I think for to do this was like. Um, I'm a visionary or like a visual person. Yes. And so Mike was doing all these like booking of like places and he knows a lot more about the U S geographically than I do. Yes. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like where are we going? And like, how far away is that? It's just, it stressed her out kind of. Yeah. Very overwhelming. And so it was really helpful for me to like have to get all the information and like put it on a map and like see where are we going? Is this a, like a physical map? I, I did it on the computer. Okay. But you also were like, I don't like Google Calendar because you can't scroll up into the previous month. Yeah. You have to go over and I don't want to go over. I want to go up and down with my months. <laughs> so you like did a different, so you went and put it in your, um, in your calendar in here. Yeah. The black one or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But I you, wanna... you, you had to get, you want to, you had to, you chose, you got a map out. To look at where you'd be traveling to, so you could visually yeah, yeah. see where you're yeah. going to be in the country. Yeah, this one right here. This is a map about the size of a human torso. Um, is that the one you used? And it's what we use now. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It's for when it's for when the phones won't do. It's just a big, uh, you know, it's probably a what oh, yeah. 18 by. We still have. Road uh, my wife and I, when we started traveling before cell phones, I didn't have a pager. We didn't have any of the stuff. Mm-hmm. We would travel with a, like we had a big Rand McNally atlas yeah. marked mostly with all the starbucks and barnes and nobles with starbucks in them I love <laughs> like it. In, in but it was like we traveled with a big fat book yep and that's how we got around the country and there's yours yeah yeah we still use we still use the internet for directions yes, though <laughs> we do um so you booked out however many shows and then left are you like are you booking as you go along like tell, tell, like how complete is this idea before you get started um that that's a really interesting question i think because i generally am you know be i'm a planner yes. and so if i was you know if any 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 music manager artist or label right they if they have a release they're going to have their they're going to have the tour is scheduled on there. Yep. Like I did, you know, like a year in advance. And this was like, oh, for the initial record, it was like, oh, the Germany tour is then, and then the U.S. and Canada. Like, I mean, this is I'm, not that. I'm bad. sort of dealing with three territories. Um, this was like, you know, you're like, oh, when is COVID going to be okay? And as soon as like, oh, the, vac- oh, the vaccine got approved, it was like, okay, this is going to like, now this is, you know, the road to um, pandemic success is here now. Yeah. And I, I read a lot of New York times about the pandemic like daily. So I kind of just wasn't going to do a bunch of work that I had to just cancel. Right. So this started a lot later than I generally would. And so it is an ongoing process. Definitely. I'm like basically booking as I go. You're on the road. Yeah. On a tour yeah. that you're still booking. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Whereas like actually Canada in June is like pretty, Canada in June was like ready to go sort of, but then Canada kind of went into a lockdown like a week ago or so. Yep. Um, just cause no one's had COVID there. <laughs> so it's like, 
Um, it's just a bit of a different world with COVID. Yeah. So I didn't announce any of the Canada shows. Okay. Um, and yeah, we're just kind of like booking as we get like people on Instagram will be like, oh my God, come play my, come play at my dairy farm um, in Chilliwack. <laughs> Is that real? Yes. You're playing in a dairy farm in Chilliwack? Yeah. Shout out to, uh, well, I didn't set it up yet. Just shout out to Sierra and JR. Um, and yeah, definitely like kind of still on the go, but that's one thing I was really excited about Yeah, because it's like, Oh, it's kind of an idea, a good idea or concept. And that's how the whole thing has happened. It's just been yes. like people in the mailing list or on Instagram or I like texted a lot of people with a little silly gif that we made and was like, Hey, can we play backyard? Yeah. Definitely more like the MySpace era of, you know, Oh, we, we have a break here. Like, can someone set up a show for yep. us or something like that? Um, and I'm really excited to be able to pull into any cul-de-sac or parking lot or in front of anywhere and set up the PA system outside the van, plug it into the solar panel and do a thing. And do a thing. There's something to be said for this, right? Like a long-term career in anything involves the, the, the necessity of like extending your risk. Like there isn't like a place where like we took a shot, we won, and now you're done that like long term for the overwhelming majority of folks you take a shot you win and then if you don't take another risk like you end up kind of falling off the map a little bit where like things just so this as a as an expression is like you you have to take a different risk a new risk like a further risk like you can't just book a tour and Mm. wait and hope that all no you actually have to like because you haven't done this before, like you haven't been on the road trying to put together shows that pay for the back half of the tour, but this is what is available. Yep. Yeah, I have learned about myself that I'm, I'm really interested in process. Hmm. This is a, this I've learned from recording, say recording like, you know, my 2019 like Chris Waller record thresholds. That was really like it was the bold artistic statement album. Yes. Um, and then, you know, you could kind of go in the Walla wormhole, which is amazing. It's a beautiful, wild, like, <laughs> world, and I love it. Um, but then I did, like, you know, I kind of got to a point where I needed to do the next thing, and I did I did it completely opposite. Hmm. And it wasn't like, oh, I need to continue to do this artistically. It was just all about process, or process, whichever one you want to call it. And so I... You're in Martinez, so it's process. Process. Yeah. So I, I just did, it was way more, it was quick and collaborative and really modern kind of the next thing. And and then I think, you know, I'm sort of like vectoring into the new phase in the pandemic or post-pandemic. And I think this van, I think, um, you know, Lemonade lemonade uh, Reality, Van Tour, I think it's really about like, it's really about process. Hmm. And like doing, being able to do a thing with different limitations and yes. parameters. And that is the thing that's like really exciting to me. It's like, oh, like it's, it's like nothing I've done before. Huh. Um, and to do it and sort of figure out like to, to have little wins and have little losses in it is yeah. like, just, it just like really, really, um, really kind of drives me, I'd say. I'm going to talk a bit about like wins, losses, security, like all the things that like to drive adult life. Right. It's like, like wins, wins and like what, what makes a thing successful, what makes a thing not successful. Um, what, like where are the, cause we either chase success, we chase security or we chase adventure. It's so rare to actually do the whole thing. Talk about like security adventure. Talk about specifically talk about like, for you like what does success for this look like for you like if 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 
come fit in a week 16 you're headed back to the northwest where you live and wherever that is <laughs> uh wherever the northwest it is you're headed back to bellingham you're headed back to the northwest um you 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 feel it's a success or it's not a success what's the metric you're using to evaluate that do you have a set of metrics um, cat just jumped into the van. Yeah, that's that cat lives in my house all of a sudden, and now and now we'll be leaving for you with you. Um, that's okay. Th- that's interesting. I'm not really a success oriented person. Really, you're like that's a Mike question. Yeah, Alyssa. But what I, I just immediately think of is just doing it or not. Like huh. if we do it, that's a success. And if we don't do it, I wouldn't say it's even a failure, but I would be like, huh. That didn't work out, but I, I don't have any like. You don't have like a bar you want to clear. Not necessarily. You just want to. I jump. think just doing it. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Mike, what success look like for well, this tour? For this, I actually like. I would generally be like, oh well, like we want to make this much money per show, and then didn't or like not like. I'm actually more. Maybe I am more about doing it. It's just like doing it is success. Mm-hmm. I like. I care about, you know, money and other stuff and like business. Cause you have to do that to keep the gas in the tank and the wheels turning and like whatever. But I actually just love doing the stuff so much that hmm. my, like my, I don't have a big commitment to security because I like doing the thing so much. Like buying a van is like a, is not a, is not a good financial move. Right. <laughs> I, I just like how many people I was, I don't know why that's not the name of the tour, by the way, but <laughs> But so many, I was like, okay, we're both, Alyssa and I are both 35 and I was like, oh, this is when, okay, everyone now is um, expecting, this is when we post the interest rates are low in the pandemic and we're, uh, we're in entering the market and we take the picture outside of our new house that yes. we bought in Bellingham for X amount of thousand dollars. Um, so then I had, I personally like this cause on the internet I boasted a picture of our van in front of our house and said, we have a new home. Yes. It has four wheels and one room. Um, lemonade reality. Lemonade reality. Um, and I think there's an aspect of like security or, or even like financial responsibility, which, you know, come from our parents, you know, my parents are farmers and they're very much like they've invested in land and they just work the land for 30 yes. years and, and the they, land does a certain thing if you do yeah. t- things to it in season oh and they're awesome and i like love that lifestyle i'm so glad i grew up that way um but, but the, like i'm often making um i'm often take, taking risks that are really irresponsible financially um or i could do so many different things i told my friend last week i was like if i wanted to make a billion dollars i would just i would just like think for a week and then go do a b and c and make a million dollars, whether it's the stock market, yada, 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 or whatever. That's like how I, I still kind of like feel that way. But I think what I choose instead of that, I think I, and we, and it's like one thing I love about Alyssa. And I think it's why we have like a really good relationship is I think like I, and we are just more into like the idea or like the concept of the thing, or like we're on this planet for like 80 years of our life. Do I want to like, do I just like want to own this house or do I want to like own this van and like do this thing and have this experience and not regret what I didn't kind of what I didn't do. Yeah. Um, and just kind of like deal with the consequences later. You and I had a conversation a few weeks ago about this because the part of what I, what I'm running into is this like semi post pandemic crisis among people 
about um, their next steps and like risk taking versus like adventure versus security. And the thing that strikes me is exactly this is like, well, if there's a, you know, there are many, many lessons to be learned depending on who you are or whatever. And like the pandemic teaches and all kind of stuff. But if there's something that's like broadly cultural as a lesson, isn't it that like whatever it was you were counting on to be sure isn't like whatever it is you thought was like a sure thing, your job, the stock market, whatever, like it's not the thing you can bet on because you can control is you. That's what you can do. Like if you have a talent, you have an ability, you have like an idea, like that's the thing you have control over. So if there is a sense of security, it's kind of in the adventure of betting on yourself of saying like, ah, I have a thing. And I, I'd like, I'm not going to put it on the market to fluctuate. I'm not going to, you know, put it in a property that might like rise and fall. I'm not going to just like stick with, you know, tie myself to a company that's going to make decisions that have nothing to do with my best interest and hope it plays out. No, I'm going to bet on me and see how this goes out. There, there's something to be said for like post pandemic. If you've got an idea, if you have energy and an idea, now would be the time to not play things safe, but to actually double, triple down on the inspired, chaotic, like might not work out thing, like to actually make art. I want to just like talk about the like how we feel really also able to do that because of like the support that we have of our family and and like the resources that we have too. Yeah. That allow us to feel secure enough to like take risk and and go out into like a a bit of an unknown place and feel like if this totally, you know, if like the worst thing happens, like we will be okay. You know, um, cause you have a safety net. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Like, like I called like Alyssa's mom today. I was like, Hey, can you like, can you go in our filing cabinet? And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like, yeah. you know, there's, there's an, yeah, there's definitely is an aspect that like we're, yeah, pretty like pretty blessed with like mm-hmm. families that are like totally like legit. And yeah, I don't know. We're yeah. just, we're, we, yeah. Like my parents are like, yes, you can move all of your other things that don't fit in the van into our basement. <laughs> Strong. Yeah. Although we would have just moved into like a storage thing or something. Yeah. For like 250 a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this yes. is free. Yeah. Yes. That's very good. Um, <clears throat> post-summer, you, you do the thing, you book shows, you come down in the summer. When do you do? Mid-August. Dang. That's like tomorrow, <laughs> sister. Um, uh, well, uh, and then, uh, you and I've talked about this cause you're, you're 35. Yes. 15 years from now, you're 50. Mike, you're such a pessimist, Justin McRobert. <laughs> I'm not a pessimist. I'm a realist. That's what all the pessimists say. Uh, you're 50, 15 years from now, there's this adventure in your past. What will it look like? If, if things play out from now to 15, or 15 years from now to 50, what does life look like for the two of you at 50? Like if things work out literally step by step, strategically, ideologically, emotionally, the way you hope and pray they actually do, like how, how, what's happening 15 years from now? What's your life look like? Where are you living? What are you doing? What's 15 years from now? 
I think that's an interesting question because part of me has never been thinking about the what is the, what is the image that's painted in the future? Yeah, it's more just like maybe like I was saying before, it's like the process of like it's that process of getting there. Like, oh, what are the steps like to get there or something like that? And it's 15, 15 years is a long time. So yes. I don't actually think I would have like oh, when I'm fifty, I want to be yeah da da da. I wouldn't. I sort of wouldn't have that that painting visualized to work back from there. Yeah, I think I almost think of like I almost think of in like smaller chunks and okay. then almost need to like five year chunks and then almost need to like reevaluate like after kind of after that or something. What's a small chunk then? Well I'm like I'm thirty five right now and I am like in five years I'll be forty. I can tell you five years easily what I'm doing right now. Go. Definitely will still um want to be having an artistic outlet of my like main project that I've done like for a long time. Um, I also would like, there's just other, other kind of like, I would want to do a like side project or a parallel project or, or multiple with other people collaborating. And that might, that might look like a new, like a new band or a new project with one other person. Yeah. Um, because it's an era that you can really do that. And it's a, and it's a smart move in the music world to do something like that. Um, then other things like production. I've like got a lot more into like production now and songwriting. I, I, it's something that a lot of people do when they like, you know, get, get on, I think in the music world is because you don't have to be on the road all the time. You can be doing. Yeah. I think it's just really fun to be in the studio and writing. Yes. And I'm, and those are skills that I've, that I've slowly developed over time and I'm good at. So I think I will be doing a lot more of that. And also it feels like doing production. You just tell someone your rates like, you know, four hundred dollars a day, and they're like, "Well, I have, I guess, I have to pay it." Whereas when you're an artist, you're like, "Yeah, I charge five hundred dollars a show." They're <laughs> like, a How about, They're like, "Well, I got fifty here, and you can take it or leave it." And you're like, "I'll take it." Um, <laughs> yeah, I really see doing. Yeah, so true. And then for me, I just I'm really interested. I'm so interested in everything, like from a from like a label standpoint, or um, you know, I've dabbled in management, na- managing this band called Nature of from Edmonton, um, Alberta, Canada. Um, <laughs> And the kind of like label world, I like got out of a label deal and just did it myself and, and had more success that way. And so I, I'm really interested in like, you know, owning, like owning rights and like, you know, exploiting rights to music, um, and kind of how that all intersects like in, in the new way. So I, I really see it in music, um, with like, I see myself like still in music and really enjoying people like at 50 or in five years as well. If that answers it at all, it does. Fifteen years. Do you have a? Do you have a, like a thought vision? Do you think? Do you think that long term? Do you think? Do you see yourself at fifty? I kind of do, um, and I. It's but it's like I know. <laughs> I see it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll probably have a dog. Yes, yeah. that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I told Alyssa that, is that I was. Is that the one thing? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it is the one thing. <laughs> Here's what I know for sure. <laughs> Between now and 50, dog. I told Alyssa, I said, Alyssa, I will skip a dog and go straight to kid. And she's like, I guess I'll have a dog when I'm 50 then. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine that we'll hopefully have like two kids hmm. at that point that are like, I guess it would be maybe a 15 year old and 13 year old or something. Sure. And I think that's a great time to get a dog. Um, if it's entertaining, because yeah. then it's not your dog. Well, it's my dog, but they can also. I had I got a dog when I was fifteen that was like my oh. my companion through high school. Mm. I just feel like that was a really good time. Yes. But then it became my mom's dog when I left the house, and that's what I want. 
this is why it's really easy to be married to Alyssa because you're like Alyssa what what are the things that you want in your life when you're 50 and Dog. people are like oh I want this like bling I want this huge house like, I want to go on this trip to Paris and Alyssa's like I'm Alyssa and I would love a dog. <laughs> I, I'm a huge fan. It's like five going on 50 and it's, and it's wonderful. Well, what I will say, uh, is like the, the actualized idea, like what you're doing is very in alignment with the thing I'm, I push people to in general, which is like, you have the one life, you've got the one shot. And so do the thing like if you have an idea actualize yeah. and if you're going to travel with someone and live life with someone do it with someone who's going to help you actualize and if you're a dreamer pair yourself with someone who can like make those things happen like you do the one life and then it's over over and part of the reason I asked the 15 years thing is because we don't get trained to do it we don't get trained to ask to, to you know ask like, where am I 15 years from now mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's 15 years later. You've been making music for 15 years. Yep. And then it's like, oh, shit, here I am. And there's all the stuff I didn't accomplish. There's all yeah. that, I, And mostly because I didn't try. Yeah. And so the fact that you've done this and said, we're going <laughs> to leave pregnant yeah. when like half, literally half the world isn't even sure they want to be in the same proximity with other folks. Mm-hmm. And say, like, we're going to figure this out as we go along, like where you have some shows booked, some others. Mm-hmm. There is a there is like a there's a tone set here in what you're doing that I particularly value, not just because I value you and what you do, but because from like a, like an artist standpoint, I don't see this changing long term. And I don't know if it's ever actually been different. Like, like you it, don't see what changing exactly? Like, I think it's going to be harder. I think it's going to be smaller. I think it's going to be like that. Um, I think the 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 risk and the fear, the relationship between risk and fear, will continue to feel this intense for a good long time, and that it never hasn't been that way for artists. Mm-hmm. And the real difference between artists who have made it and not made it has more to do with like risk and actualization oh, yeah. than it has to do with talent and money. Definitely, like by far. Yeah. So like you're not wealthy. Like you're like you're mm-hmm. you're not, you know you didn't like kill it and now we're just this is this is like no mm-hmm. this is just how we're living yeah. because we're choosing to and then there's a big period at the end of that I like mm-hmm. so I think the for me like part of the, for me the, now I'm 26 for me <laughs> um, uh, I don't know guys like for me like when I think about it for me uh, what moves me about this that. is that it wasn't. It's not, this isn't like a big, it's isn't like it's a big dramatic chapter in your life. That yep. Like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And it's not this, all this fanfare. Mm-hmm. Like, no, this is just how you're choosing to live, which is one, how your relationships work, how your relationship works. Two, it's why you're still here 15 years later. And I think it's why you'll be here 15 years from now. That's the difference between su- success and failure. It's actualization more so than it is inspiration. Is this is this when I say it? Sure. It is what you make of it. Oh snap! Yeah. <laughs> which I am, which I am excited. Like I haven't, I haven't, um, I haven't read anything from your new book that's coming no. out in it hasn't come out yet June. Yes. Um, I feel like I have a, sh- uh, 
you know, a small window into it. Yeah, we talk like once a week. So yeah, you're I'm usually getting pieces of what I'm doing. I'm into. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that. Hmm. Yeah, Thanks, I'm excited man. for your new book slash project. Thanks, bro. Yeah, and I'm excited to like share it with other like other people, or like. I don't know. It feels like it has like a pertinent message, like what you were just saying. I was just that's all I was that's all I was thinking about. Yes, sir. I was like, it feels like it has a pertinent um, message in you know the times. Yeah. Right now, I don't know if you were like, if that's what you thought when you were doing some of it. Mm-mm. No, it just kind of, yeah. Now it has a place in the current. It has a different place in the current world yes. than if than in that's some other ulterior universe, I guess. Um, but I think that's yeah. I think that is really cool, and I'm yeah. I'm excited to kind of like explore kind of explore that more or read that book i appreciate it yeah well thanks for driving plus now uh no thanks for driving martinez i keep doing that Alyssa likes the trees here they're nice trees yeah that's good it's pretty and thank you for listening to this episode of the at sea podcast if you'd like to pick up part two of the story that like i said happens in the documentary film casseroles and flowers go to mike idell Dot com. It's M-I-K-E-E-D-E-L. And you can go there today where you can listen to the brand new record that accompanies this documentary film. It's a beautiful piece, top to bottom, not just because Mike's a great songwriter, but because it is a powerful story that I think a great many of us will resonate with on a number of levels. 